that doesn't happen to me. I can get as much sleep and drink as much water. And sure, sometimes it's like a little bit nicer, but like it never is perfect. And so I kind of had to give up the belief that my skin health was an indication of my overall health. Because I truly know for me that I do the best job of taking care of myself that I can. And I think that, and I think, and I hope that we all truly believe that, but I think more than anything, I just needed to believe that the fact that I had acne or have acne doesn't discredit what I have to share about my journey and my own health and even, you know, sharing in the way that I do and it doesn't. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two, and with that said, let's thrive. Hi there, and welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I hope your morning, day, evening, whatever time it is, is going great. And if not, hopefully this enthusiastic and funny intro I'm about to give you will make you smile or maybe you'll fast forward through and it's okay either way. So today we're getting straight to the point. I have Kennedy Hafner from The Healthy Half on the podcast and I am stoked. She's just a queen and I love her and I'm so happy that we are now friends And there are two things that I struggle with immensely in that talking with Kennedy on the podcast about helped me redefine my views on them, I should say. The first is my skin. Oh, my skin. And the second topic is relationships. So we're going to dive right into my experience and some very funny slightly funny, slightly not funny stories. So let's start with a little bit of a throwback to younger Emily, aka me two years ago. I was always a clear-faced kid and teen. I'm talking not like one zit. And if I got one, it would disappear within a day. I don't know what it was. I'm going to say it was probably my good genes But then something happened and okay, well, let's back up because some of you might be getting envious now of, oh, you had clear skin all your life. Yeah, well, guess what? I also had a unibrow when I was in elementary school that kids picked on me for. There's this one girl in my hometown and I still have to see her face and she bullied me so much on the playground for having a unibrow and I was mortified until I begged my mom to let me go and get my eyebrows waxed. And you know what? Still to this day, I have to tweeze my, my, uh, what would that be? Area between my eyebrows. Because probably due to my Italian roots, I don't know, I have like a hairy face. And yeah, so that was my struggle. Okay. But then things got interesting because all of a sudden it was like my junior year of high school and my face just exploded. I mean, it was painful, inflamed acne and it just it drove me nuts and you know I didn't I didn't want to go anywhere I wanted to skip school I just never wanted to be in public ever again I wanted to cry obviously none of that happened except for the crying and it was just painful and it drove me insane and it's still something that I struggle with here and there I my skin is pretty good now like it pretty good in the sense that it doesn't cause me pain it's not super inflamed or 
whatnot, but it still drives me nuts time and time again when I think I'm doing everything right and then boom, I have five painful inflamed pimples on my face and I work in a public setting, so that's not always the most fun to have on my face. But after talking with Kennedy in this podcast episode, I really just took a look at my relationship to my skin and decided to reframe it. And something that Kennedy said that really stuck out to me was the idea that our skin is never going to be perfect. What even is perfect? You might see someone's skin and think, oh, that's perfect. Well, that's what perfect means to you, where in reality, that might not be it to me. And so it's just the idea of, you know, we're so concerned with the acne on our face now, but after some time, you know, then we're going to be concerned about the laugh lines or the crow's feet, whatever they're called, that appear on our face. And then it'll be the wrinkles and then discoloration. And it's like, you know what? There's always going to be something to complain about. So why don't we just accept it? And yeah, that sucks. And sometimes it is painful. So it is hard to accept it. And I'm not, neither of us are saying just accept it and never do anything. We're just saying that instead of just hating your skin 24-7, which we have both done, and it is tiring, maybe we just say, okay, you know what? I surrender. I see that you're upset. You're talking to your skin in the sense. I see that you're upset and I'm going to care for you and not just try to pick at you and cover you up and ignore the root issue. And so, yeah, you'll see what I mean if you listen to the episode. It's a good one. Trust me on this one. And so then the second one, like I said before, is relationships. So funny story. When I was a junior in high school, there was this kid that liked me and I did not like him back. I didn't even want anything to do with a relationship. I was just focused on school and sports and that's about it. So, but everyone told me to just be nice and just be happy that someone liked me and that he wanted me to go to the dance with him. I was like, hell no. Like, this is my life. Do not tell me who I am to like or not. But you know what? It didn't matter. They still called me a bitch and I was still seen as, you know, just that bitchy girl that would not take so-and-so to the dance. Like, boo-hoo, I'm sorry, this is my life. So, Valentine's Day rolled around and we got these anonymous flowers and I thought the one was from this other guy that I was slightly attracted to. And surprise, surprise, it was not. It was from the guy that wanted me to go to the dance with him that I didn't like. And, you know, this is, it seems like a bitchy move now. But you have to understand, in the moment, I was just upset because I was single And I was realizing that I would like a relationship, but there's no decent guys in my area. And the one that I did like didn't send me a flower. And the one that I didn't like did send me a flower. And so I took that flower and I just threw it down the stairway of our school. And my friends kind of gasped and asked me what I was doing. And I was just upset. You know, I was like, screw that. I don't want his attention. I don't want this. And That about sums up my experience with relationships until the next year when I had two guys talking to me at the same time and I just didn't know what to do so I just kept talking to them both and that wasn't very much the best move on my part either but you know what? We live and we learn. So what I'm trying to get at besides giving you a good laugh hopefully is that relationships are hard and as of now you know I've never actually dated anyone so I am very single AF and Kennedy, our guest, is single right now, and we just have a good discussion on what it means to be single and accepting our singleness and more so 
building a better relationship to ourselves. So what it means to finally be comfortable just being with ourselves, or with being the one to plan things and not expect our friends or others to show up. And I think it's really about redefining the relationship you have with yourself and then, you know, maybe looking around you at your friendships and then if you do have a relationship or if you want a relationship. So lots of good stuff here. And let me see what else we discussed. So we also chit-chat about her first experience with birch benders in New Zealand, which if you follow her, you know she is a birch benders, like, mascot, aficionado. She is the best. So that's an interesting story. And how her experience of being born and raised in a health-conscious home helped keep her from following into something that a lot of us have, which is disordered eating and body image issues and how her upbringing helps her to see food as nourishment and exercise as a way to care for the body. It's kind of like the question of how does my body feel, not how does my body look or whatnot, you know what I mean. And and in this we discuss, like I said before, viewing food as nourishment, not punishment or reward, viewing the body as a vehicle to go through life, not as something that you need to mold and shape into this idea you have of perfection, and taking up space in life because we deserve to be here and for no other reason. It's overall a packed episode, and we go over stress and how that affects our skin even more and emotions, and wow, I'm just blown away. Kennedy is so wise, so inspiring, and I just can't wait to meet her in real life. Well, okay, funny story, we actually already met in real life, but I didn't know if she would remember, so we actually opened up the podcast episode with her remembering it without me even bringing it up, which is so fun. I'm happy that little old me left that much of an impression that I was still in her mind after all these months. Yep, so... I'm going to wrap this up. You can find her on Instagram at the healthy half. That is the healthy and then H A F F half. And yeah, I mean, just enjoy. Let us know your thoughts. Take a screenshot. Take a screenshot. Share it on your stories. Tag us both. I'm on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. And if you're really feeling the love, you can go on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a written review. So without further ado. Here is Kennedy. Welcome. This is It's so nice to meet you. I was about to be like, hello. I know. (laughs) It's always so weird to like, I don't know, see someone through here versus just on like an Instagram story or something. I don't know. It always kind of like throws me for a loop. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wait, I'm actually speaking to you like in like live. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) No, it's true. I didn't, did I meet you at West two years ago? Well, I was at West in what was that so this past one 2019 yeah yeah but like I was I was just there um it was I don't I got like this it was like a scholarship but it wasn't a scholarship it was through this brand so I was there and I was just like blown away because I saw like you and Sammy Eason like so many people <laughs> in the flesh and I was just like wow <laughs> yeah like, it's wow it's, like that's like the coolest that's the coolest part about Instagram and like honestly like I know that that's what makes like Instagram more sustainable is the fact that like you actually meet friends and you actually like go through this whole thing with other people and like I think that's the biggest thing for Instagram with me I'm always like it's so cool to like go and see people and like actually be able to like interact it's so cool but oh, oh yeah I mean 
it's not like I go Amazing. there for that many recipes. It's like more so I just love the people. So <laughs> Oh, seriously. I'm like, ah, forget the brands. Like, let's just make our own like expo for just <laughs> just all of us. I'm gonna turn off my fan because it's like okay. spinning in the background. We're good. I just need to not have it. I mean, not that I even can see myself that much, but it's like the whole thing of like <laughs> sorry I'm like here we are (laughs) I love it I love it honestly this is some people get on and they're so like quiet I don't even know how to like get the conversation going so I love this actually I was just listening to um, Will Ferrell on Armchair Expert I don't know if you know that podcast but Mm -hmm. I mean I just I was like laughing my head off I'm like eating lunch and laughing like almost you're like getting yourself ready (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready I'm so excited thank you so much this is seriously like such an honor for me to be on here I've never been on a podcast before and it's always kind of been like this like little dream of mine but (laughs) oh my gosh I'm so honored and I I get so surprised (laughs) like some of you guys that I asked to come on I just can't believe you haven't been on one before. I'm like, somebody needs to get these people out there. So well, it's you. You're you're bringing the you're bringing the people us. That's all. Like it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I've I've never been on a podcast. Never really thought about being on a podcast that much. I've been asked before, but it was never like the right fit. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you don't have any form of like an understanding of who even like your interviewer is, then it's kind of a little bit of like a what's it going to be like kind of moment where you're like, if you have never really connected before, it's like, Oh, yeah. and even then, I mean, I feel like I, we know each other through Instagram, which literally doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> here we are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, it, it, it all makes sense. And I mean, I know you, so you, you said like, you've never done one before. And like I said, mine's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like mine's probably a bit more casual than some affairs are. Like sometimes I, you know, just don't even send questions in advance. Like, and I would have probably been fine. You just would have okay. had to put up with a little bit more mumbling of mine where I'd be like, well, I do this thing a lot where I'll say something and I'll be like, I mean, kind of like that, but also like this. And then I'll like go off on a little tangent. And I mean, I by no means like went through the questions and truly was like, let me like write down my answers. I kind of just sat and thought and I think that it would be the most natural just to kind of explain in my own terms I guess what mm-hmm. all of this means and I appreciate it because they're all like personal questions so I guess there's no wrong answer I just want to make sure that I'm like correctly displaying what I have to say oh yeah no and so. we'll, we'll we'll get started my first question is actually a fun one and I just want to know like where did your love for pancakes and vendors <laughs> specifically come from like was it just oh you picked God. up the bag one day at the store and you tried it and you're like wow I'm obsessed like what happened there what happened there so I've actually since I was a kid I always remember like begging my mom like every special occasion or even every like weekend I'd be like can we eat pancakes and like that was like literally the first like probably food memory that I have is literally just being like, mom, like, please, like, all I want is pancakes. Like, just can we have just pancakes for breakfast, lunch, dinner, doesn't matter. And then I guess as I started kind of exploring my own like creativity with like wellness, I love, I love like toasts and pancakes and things that I can like, I guess, nicely dress up that like, I know are like, it's kind of like an empty canvas for me every week. Every time that I make pancakes, I get to kind of like dive a little bit deeper into like a different part of my creativity and I love like I'm a person that like hates routine and consistency but I like appreciate it in doses and pancakes are one thing that I will never get sick of as far as like routine and consistency 
So for me, I guess that's kind of where it started was that, but then my relationship with Birch Vendors, I think they sent me pancake mix or I found it at the store. I really can't recall my first like Birch Vendors experience, unfortunately. I wish that I could, like that would be such a better story to be like, look at this, like we just came together. But then I met them at Expo and I absolutely fell in love. And I remember actually making pancakes in my dorm room. So I lived in a dorm when I started the healthy half. And then I was in a dorm room for two years during the beginning of the healthy half. So I would go to like my shared dorm kitchen and make this like big stack of pancakes. And I remember driving to a coffee shop to go study one day. And I was like, I wish I could like make something out of these pancakes, like something consistent. I, I was kind of at the time kind of going between the like, what do I want to be known for? Like, on I guess Instagram or social media and I feel like everybody has their kind of thing and I was like I need a thing and then I was like well I mean I posted pancakes and I loved them and then actually I was like I'm just gonna start making pancakes and I was like what will I call them and I was like I don't know well my the healthy half half pancakes and I thought about it and I was on this drive and I remember I was like oh my gosh I can call them a half stack. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, I'm just going to do it. Like I'm going to do it anyway. And um, yeah, Birchbenders has been on quite a few adventures with me. Actually, I think the first time that I truly like expressed my love for Birchbenders on social media, actually now I remember, was I went to New Zealand and I needed, we needed food to bring over to New Zealand with us because we were staying in like Airbnbs and I did this with my family. And I was like, oh, I know this pancake mix that you only add water to. Like, this would be perfect for us. Like, let's get it. That was my first memory. And that was the first stack of pancakes I ever, like, truly posted that was, like, big. Wow. That all just came back to me. That's, yeah. So, like, of course, and two years later, here I am. Still the same love for birch vendors. Still the same love for pancakes. And that will never die. So, so hopefully, if you're down for some pancakes, you know, that's what you'll find. <laughs> A lot of pancakes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love that. See, this was already good. You recalled that glorious memory. I mean, New Zealand and birch vendors and pancakes, yeah. all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> I mean, how can you go wrong with like a good stack of pancakes? Like pancakes to me just scream like the weekend and like, I just love them. You'll never, you'll never find me not wanting pancakes. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, they're just, they're mood. So I feel that. <laughs> They are. They are. And they're the perfect canvas for anything you want and need, honestly. Mm-hmm. Best <laughs> yeah. of everything. Well, the best of everything. Yeah. So you said like as a kid, you always wanted pancakes. And then mm-hmm. obviously your Instagram is the healthy half. Mm-hmm. So where did the health like scene kind of creep into your life? Yeah, I actually weirdly feel like I was born into like a health scene. My mom in particular is incredibly healthy. Like she's always been the person and you know, I what I don't share is the fact that, you know, my pancakes when I was a kid, she always tried to make us these like funky tasting buckwheat super seed pancakes and all that stuff. So it's like I grew up in a home we were vegetarian. We really cared about like our health. We were very health conscious and so I think that's kind of where I got like my base root to being healthier, I guess, as an individual and like my idea of what food was and healthy eating was. And then I think that that was like my foundation. And then personally, like I went off to college and that was my first time. Well, I actually went to a boarding school my senior year of high school. And that was my first experience away from home, away from kind of the comfort of, you know, other people, I guess, feeding me, making my food choices, making my choices about how I spent my time, my health, 
in general and wellness. And I remember vividly um, being my, my freshman year in college being just so sluggish as a person. Like I wasn't eating well. I kind of just let everything that I knew about health fall to the wayside and I just let myself eat whatever I want. I don't recall exercising once. And I'm not saying that, you know, you need to have this huge exercise routine in college to be healthy or anything like that. But I just remember I never moved my body. I never nourished my body. And it was kind of this feeling of just being like, just so weighed down by my own decisions of like how I was eating that didn't just uplift my, my body or spirit or anything at all. And and it all happened then, like the, when I kind of came back to my idea of health was actually I worked at a summer camp and I was watching these kids make food choices. And then I was watching my campers at camp make these food choices. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's kind of crazy how much, how I feel like I had this understanding of like what is and is not healthy, but yet I was just turning a blind eye to it and doing what I wanted. And then I noticed too that like, you know, the kids would look at you for different choices about what you're eating. And I'm not saying that like, you know, I'm trying to instill anything like that into kids or whatever, but I was like, you know, it's kind of interesting how we see examples of health, but yet we make our own decisions. And I think that's a really beautiful thing, but also the fact that like, I had this understanding from growing up and then I let it go. And then, you know, my freshman year, I completely just lost sight of anything remotely healthy, then kind of came back to it through, you know, viewing how other people eat even. And then I started following along on people's journeys on Instagram, actually. And I feel like this was before kind of like the big boom of Instagram where people were posting what they were eating. And it was kind of just the first few like pioneers of this wellness space. And I started following that. And then I was really interested and I was really interested in the products and I was really interested in like their benefits. And I was really became interested in, you know, what it meant to kind of just go back to my roots of being healthier. And I think that until I decided to take the interest in my own wellness, in my own, you know, understanding that it's up to me to feel good at all times, like that's truly when I decided again, like, okay, this is going to be interesting, which kind of segues strangely into why I started my Instagram is because I decided, you know, oh, I'm going to start eating healthier. I'm going to, you know, be making my own meals and, you know, figuring out ways that I can make the dining hall healthier and just kind of going back to, you know, doing what feels good for me and my body. And I actually had a couple of friends be like, you should just start sharing this on Instagram. You're always watching these people in this space. Like, why not start? In a few years, you'll look back and be like, why didn't I start that? And, you know, so that's how the healthy half kind of came about was just this strange space of me feeling like I wasn't understanding my own food, my own health. And, you know, and I know a lot of people start these accounts as like accountability. It really wasn't that for me. It was kind of just a space where I could freely share like who I was. And when I started, it was only food. And as it's evolved, I think it's evolved right along with me, but it's also, you know, just was the beginning of me documenting my journey to to feeling better to understanding wellness and there was never an intention behind really I guess why I started it except for like I just wanted to share for I guess anybody that was interested what I was going through and my journey with food and it, it brought it, it brought me here today so it's it, it's kind of crazy to look back at it with with the viewpoint that I have now and even how much I've adjusted my personal consideration of what wellness is since that time. And it's, and it's changed a lot.
everything changes though through these few years. So I like what you said, how you noticed the feeling, you know, it wasn't like you found your way back to health because of some, something that society was pressuring on you or some sort of you know, limiting self-belief, anything like that. It was that feeling. And that's the same thing you said. It, you're not saying you need exercise and healthy foods, but you noticed the difference in your body. And, you know, I'm the same way. And I think, you know, I, I think we're, a lot of us are waking up to understanding what makes us feel good, what doesn't make us feel good, and trying to find our own individualized, you know, little path that leads us to optimal health. And so I love, I love that you described it that way, but I am curious. So since you kind of grew up with that childhood of like the healthier ways and like you knew how you felt good in your body, did you ever experience body image issues or like a bad relationship with health? Or do you think it was pretty streamlined because you had that kind of inner knowing of this is what I like? This is a conversation that I have with a lot of my friends frequently, actually. I I never really can remember a distinct time in my life where I had any form of, you know, the body hatred or even like any form of, I think that we all go through different patterns of eating possibly you could say but I don't recall a time in my life where I had any form of body image issues or necessarily um, like any sort of restrictive eating or eating habits that I wasn't you know sharing openly and I think we all go through the patterns of that in life and kind of the ebb and flow of like figuring out what works for us in a sense and I think I went through some of that when I was coming back to my roots of it but like I, I speak about this all the time with my friends and I think that in a space like this, there's lots of people that have those experiences of, you know, eating disorders and difficulties, like with understanding your body and your relationship with your body. And I, I feel very grateful that I, that I never had to go through that. But I think that I, from, from understanding, you know, the way that I came back to my own self, how that could easily be, have happened to me even. But I think that I never had the struggle. I'm, I'm six feet tall. I'm, I've always been naturally thin. I've always been athletic. And so I think for me, the body image things go in a different way. And I think that we all have something exactly like that. It's the little thing that makes you who you are, that other people probably look at you from the sidelines and are like, wow, that person has this. That's so cool. That person's super tall, super short. Oh, I wish I was that way. But like at the same time, when you truly like step back, like that's what you admire about somebody else. And there's something that somebody else admires about me or you or anybody that, that you can't change that you truly just kind of have to accept. And I think for me, like the only body thing that I've really ever struggled with was my height. And, and it sounds funny, but you know, nobody wants to be the six foot tall girl in the seventh grade when you're trying to go to cute little banquets and all the boys are five feet tall. And I'm just, I'm just way over them. And, you know, and then I, used to always slouch in photos and I used to do all things like that. But I mean, I feel like my relationship with my body and food have always been very, very integrated, but also very separate. Like I've never had a time where I feel like my eating patterns have reflected how I feel about my body, just because I think that it's kind of the foundation of, you know, I remember when I was young and I would have a test in school, my mom would be like, all right, here's your blueberries, you got to eat them to, you know, remember all the stuff like, 
and it was never the it was never the whole it was the, the it was the example of how she used my mom used food as a nourishment tool compared to something that was a fear and i've never and i've been so grateful throughout my life to have a role model like that who doesn't use food as a scary thing but instead used food to build me up and saying like this is the food that you can you know, used to boost your brain. And this is really cool because it's a cancer fighter. And I just remember my mom using those terminology throughout me growing up. So I think that maybe that was my approach to food. And um, my family always made it a point to eat dinner together every single night. Like it would be a no cell phone zone. It would be a place where we all came and we talked and we ate food together. And so I think for me, food has really positive emotions. And again, I feel so lucky and blessed that that is my experience. But like, I, I feel like I view my body and my food to be just such cool vehicles that get me through life compared to the only thing on my mind. Or I don't know if that even makes sense. But no, you, you are so eloquent, and this is so good. Like, I, I just want to put all of that into like one big quote that everybody hears at the beginning. Oh my gosh. Because I think it's, okay. yeah, I think it's so important. You know, I highlight people on here with, who have never, like, they might not even yeah. be that health conscious. They don't have body image issues, but a lot do. And I always like to show people that, mm-hmm. like, there are people like you mm-hmm. who are prime example that, like, this doesn't have to be you. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I unfortunately did struggle with that, but because- yeah. I didn't have my roots in a health scene. And when I tried to learn about it, I got poor information from Pinterest, uh, like teen yeah. health, health in quotes magazines. And because of that, I fell into the wrong ways. But I love people hearing this from you and this idea that like that doesn't have to be the case. Like you can be perfectly fine and you can see food as nourishment and you can see your body as this you know, like you said, vehicle through life. And yeah, oh, that was just so good. Like, good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I, I, I truly just think that that's possibly just because I, I did get lucky. And I mean, like, I know for me, like, I'm going to take so much of like my mom, even her approach to saying how, you know, foods nourish you compared to like, and even then, like, so I'm, I'm a cycling instructor now. And it's difficult for me as somebody who is six feet tall and naturally dispositioned to be thin and just you know and I mean mind you I I do my intensive cardio teaching five times a week so it's like people come up to me after class and say these things to me and it's always it always spins me for a loop because I'm always like oh my gosh like I like because they'll always be like oh I'll keep coming back if I start to look like you and I'm like that's not the point for me again it goes back to the whole thing for me this has never been the point the point of going to some fitness class has never been you know a calorie thing and it's never been a a burning thing and it will never be a burning thing and it will never be a calorie thing just simply because I think of the way that I was raised it was to do things just because they feel good and because they are good not because you need the aesthetic or because you shouldn't be this way. And it was never like that. And even when I struggled um, with my sluggishness, I mean, obviously when I was more sluggish in my college days, I had gained weight. And I remember 
just saying like, you know, like this is my time that like, I need to stop feeling this way. Not because my, not because I don't like the way my body looks, but just simply because I know that there's better feeling out there than like how I feel in the moment. And that there's so much more of life that I can experience if I don't wake up tired. And if I prioritize my sleep and drinking water and eating good foods for me. And so that's, I mean, I guess that's like the basis. And again, I'm just so lucky that I never had the, the thing in my heart goes out to people that do, because I know that that, like, I know that that truly affects the way you look at almost everything in life and, and things are, and everybody has that, that thing, that struggle, that, that it's not a problem. It's just that thing that you, that you are always battling in a sense. And you're always having to come back to, to who you are and to the fact that you know that you're bigger than the foods that you eat. You know that you're stronger than all of these, all of these things that you just, you have to, it comes back to truly just the acceptance of saying, you know, your body is your body and your body does good things for you. And it moves you through this life of yours compared to saying like, my body needs to be smaller. Like I say that all the time in my, in my fitness class, like my, my cycling class that I, I say, I always say like, take up the space. Like, cause you truly, like you truly deserve to take up the space, not because your body is bigger than the person next to yours, but because you get to be here and you get to move and it's really cool. I don't know. Sorry. Side tangents. <laughs> no, no side tangents on this podcast. All words are welcome. <laughs> that was, that was, I mean, you're just speaking. You need to write captions like these girl. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe I'll listen to your podcast again and I'll, uh, I'll rewrite these things down, you know. Because, but. wow, like, yeah, I'm just, like, speechless because you're just speaking to my, my soul and, wow, I'm obviously thrown for a loop because that was just so good. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know, I was not, you're, like I said, you're very good. Like, you are a very good speaker and you speak from your heart. Like, that is, yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. No. Well, thank so, you. Thank you for giving me this space to do it. I yes. mean, it's really cool. <laughs> and so in this time too, something that you have been open about, like, I, I feel like that's why, well, obviously the other day I, you were helping me, but with my skin, like I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I never had skin issues as a kid. Like I, I would have people tell me your skin is perfect. And I didn't even realize what they meant. Cause I didn't realize all my friends were covering theirs with makeup. And then when I started to see them, like take the makeup off. I was like, wow, like I, I got the, you know, lucky straw, I guess. And then it just hit me like a bitch. And I had like a year of just, I mean, like I couldn't even touch my face. It was like so painful. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I know there are certain things that trigger it and sometimes I just go for it and then I pay for it with my skin, but that's okay. That's life. But you've had, you know, quite a skin journey too. And like I said, you helped me a lot the other night and gave me a new tip <laughs> that I've been using. Um, so like, what was your journey like with skin health and what have you learned along the way that just really helped, helped you like in one way or another? Yeah, I, I shared on, I shared on my Instagram basically a post. And I mean, I, I feel like since in the beginning of this account, again, I would only get on there when I felt like I was very put together and very, you know, how people should see me. And then I really just one day, I think I just woke up and I was like, you know what? No, like this is, this is who I truly am. Like, 
you know, my hair is up in a bun half the time and I don't like wearing makeup and that's just not who I am. And so like I started kind of getting on there more and more and I realized that like, you know, I would start talking about skin health and skincare and the things that I was doing for it, even though, you know, I was, I would always give the disclaimer, like, I mean, look at my face, I have acne, like maybe this doesn't work, but it's what I'm trying. And I think that, you know, half of the honesty is in the experience and just saying like, I don't know if this is going to work, but maybe if it helps somebody like that's good. Um, and then a couple, I think it was a couple months ago, I shared probably like one of the most honest captions to date on one of my photos. And it was a photo of me and I have no makeup on and you can very visibly see my acne, my acne scars. And I basically discussed how I no longer really care to have flawless skin and flawless skin is not something that I aspire to, to have, or that I don't believe is an indication of my health anymore. And it was something that took me such a long time to kind of come around to because even going to like these natural food product expos, I would have like a moment of like fear because I would be meeting these people and they all would just, you know, it, it's almost like angelic. Like they just have this glow about them. That's just so healthy. And, you know, and of course we're all on here trying to just better our lives and health and wellness and helping other people navigate those journeys. And then I kind of like look back and I'm like, who's going to believe the girl with acne? Like, who's going to believe the girl with acne that, that she's actually healthy? Because you hear so many times saying like, oh, and then, you know, if you drink enough water and you get enough sleep and you eat all of these good foods, like you will just, you'll wake up one day and your skin will just be glowing. And I was like, that doesn't happen to me. I can get as much sleep and drink as much water. And sure, sometimes it's like a little bit nicer, but like it never is perfect and so I kind of had to give up the belief that my skin health was an indication of my overall health because I truly know for me that I do the best job of taking care of myself that I can and I think that and I think and I hope that we all truly believe that but I think more than anything I just needed to believe that the fact that I had acne or have acne doesn't discredit what I have to share about my journey and my own health and even you know sharing in the way that I do and it doesn't and I've done seriously almost everything in the name of better skin and getting better skin flawless skin glowing skin because that's like kind of the marketing point too if you really take a step back and look at it behind a lot of products that we consume and you know a lot of the things that we do in our life it's you know you drink this and your skin will glow and you'll it's it's beauty marketing and it, at the same time, it's really cool. But like, you know, I have acne right now. And I'm going through that. But what happens then when I get wrinkles someday? It's the exact same thing. I'm gonna go through the whole, I have acne right now, I'll have wrinkles someday. And I think that it truly kind of comes back to like, the acceptance of self. I'm, I'm not trying to to make my skin look perfect. My body and my skin do amazing things for me every day. This is my protection from the outside world. Like, unfortunately, I guess it has some something to say about whatever is going on. But I don't I don't want perfect skin. And I want I want healthy skin. I want skin that truly reflects the love and the care that I give myself. I want skin that feels cared for. I and I think that everyone struggles with again, the self-acceptance in some way, shape or form. But um, 
I kind of realized that like the further I step away from the mirror, like my own mirror and my own critical self in this, literally the further that I step away from that, I remember that there's like, that, that nobody is going to look at my skin as closely as I do. And even then, honestly, they probably either don't notice or don't care. And also like, if I, when I step away from this, I'm like, okay, there's a lot of life that's worth living instead of me spending hours at night trying to move my skin and mold my skin and, you know, put all of this product on it that, you know, it hasn't worked. Again, I've done nearly everything for it. And I think that kind of when my skin has started to change the most is when I have simply just stepped away from thinking that it needs to be like more, 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 like putting more things on my skin, doing more things for it. I think my skin's been the happiest, the healthiest it's ever been when I, when I truly just am like, you know what? It's okay if it's okay if you want to break out. Like I'll be here for you when you break out and we'll hang out and we'll go through this together skin. Like we will. And I think that it just goes back to the whole thing of like caring for yourself truly just goes beyond aiming for perfection or aiming for the image of perfection. Like that's never, that's not what caring for yourself means. Caring for yourself doesn't stop when you get the perfect skin, when it becomes glowy and beautiful. And even then accepting yourself doesn't start or stop there either. It's, it's the process. It's the journey. And I feel really grateful for my skin. I think it's taught me a lot about self-care, self-acceptance, and just compassion for myself because it, it goes back to the thing of like letting go of what I can't control. Like I've tried for so long, but now I'm kind of just trying to make friends with my skin and saying like, you know, I, I don't always understand, but it also doesn't discredit my, how I care for myself. But the fact that it's just it's something that I need to care for because I know that it does a lot for me and it really never has been, it's, it never will be about it being perfect. I really connect with all of that. And I think that is a big thing for us when, you know, we think of ourselves as so healthy or we're doing everything right. And then our skin or our outward appearance doesn't show it. And no, I know before I knew I had like my chronic hep C and all of that, I mean, it was ridiculous. If someone were to look at my life, they they would be like, how are you not a happy, thriving person? And, and that was, you know, why through my doctors for a loop and through myself for a loop, because I was like, what the hell is going on? And, you know, sometimes you can do everything to be healthy. You can do everything you want. And, you know, outside forces come in and whether it's your skin or a condition, you know, people with IBD, like there's so much mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is internally based or just something you cannot control. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it throws us for a loop because we want to, we put in all this work or all this stuff to be healthy. And then like, we don't look at, <laughs> and I think that's a big one for people. And I know, you know, I've, I've worked past that. And then uh, the trick that you told me the other night and what you were just saying is the whole, you know, step back from the mirror thing. And I don't know, for some reason, it's like every night I have to, when I go to like brush my teeth, it's like my face is right there to the mirror Mm -hmm. and you're just seeing all these, you know, it's like insecurities. It's like all your insecurities on your face and you just can't help but want to like pick at it or like you said, like mold it and shape it and like put all this crap on and, (laughs) and you're kind of like, does this even do anything for me? Like, I don't even know at this point what I'm, and I mean, like, and it goes back to the, 
to the trends. Like, you know, tomorrow there will be something new that somebody's telling me to put on my face and that's cool and great and it might work for you. But like, I don't know if you have the same kind of acne as I do. And, you know, I've kind of had to weed through the things that I think work or don't work. And even then I think just understanding that like, as long as I know going into it, that I'm putting things on my skin or on my body that like make me feel, make it feel cared for. Like, that's truly what I want. I just want my skin to feel cared for. I want it to know that it's loved, know that it's okay to freak out on me. Like it, it's and you know, and people will say like, well, that's an indication of something that's going on inside. And I'm like, maybe it is. I don't know at this point, like maybe it is, but but I'm going to be okay with it. It's just, it's just who my, who I am. And it's something that I've struggled with now for years. And I never thought that I would, cause it was kind of like what you were saying. Like I had the clearest skin and then suddenly, you know, I think it's maybe hormonal or something. And it just, it just decided to do its thing and that's okay. I'm still going to care for it. And I'm still going to love it. And I'm not going to be hard on it because it's not going to solve any issues getting stressed about my skin. Like that's kind of the the whole counterintuitive, like, I'm going to get stressed out because my skin is bad, which makes my skin freak out more. And so it's the letting go of it. And it's the understanding that you, you continue to go, you are more than whatever your outward appearance, your skin looks like any given day. And we all have that something that is difficult to, I guess, accept or come to an understanding of, or even just be okay. It goes back to being okay with it. And letting it letting it happen and caring for it anyway I don't know I think it's a good practice too like that Mm -hmm. letting go and just it's like surrendering I mean do it in whatever way of your life you need to for me I had to finally surrender to my skin and just say I can't control you uh Mm -hmm. do your thing and I will sometimes be upset with you but that's it (laughs) like it's letting go I think and that's good to practice for all aspects of life and that's a natural like human emotion, I think, too, is to want to fix and be upset. And, and I think there's a time and a place for it. But at some point, if that's how you're, because I mean, the first thing we all do in the morning, we probably go and look in the mirror. And that's literally the first thing you see in the morning. And if you're going to be upset, like, that's a frustrating body image thing to deal with as well. Like, if you every time you look in the mirror, and you see yourself, you're upset about it, like, it's it's already it's already a bigger thing than it needs to be because you know these small little imperfections we really let them control a lot of our lives and you know I remember vividly the first time trying to clear my acne like through like dermatologists and the fact that like I remember I I had a photo of myself and I was in tears because my skin hurt so bad because I was like basically frying off a layer of my skin a long time ago and you know and kind of going back to that, I was like, I will never do that to my poor skin again. Like it truly is just trying to heal itself and your skin, it has its own healing mechanisms and your whole body does like, how cool is that? Like we have our own fight, like things that fight for us and like make us, you know, the healthier versions of ourselves. And if, if whatever it is needs to come out in the form of acne, like welcome out, like let's, let's, let's do it. Why not? Come on out. <laughs> no, I like, like that. That's what I was going to ask you about is I, I do think like emotional and mental health play a big mm-hmm. role in skin health. Cause as you said before, you stress out about it and boom, it gets worse. So how have you worked on 
you know, emotional health, mental health, just trying to, I don't know, like work on that part of yourself so that it, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody needs to work on that. But then especially like if your skin is breaking out, like that's a good idea to maybe think about too. Yeah. I think that we spend, we spend a lot of life distracting ourselves from a lot of the really hard parts about it. it um, and I think that a lot of just the basics for, you know, caring for yourself and for your emotional and mental health is a lot of just like acceptance of maybe the way that life is for you in the moment and understanding that like that you're doing your best like and I know that sounds really cheesy like you're doing your best no but like if you truly go into your life each and every day believing that you are doing what is best for you and what is right for you that is the basics of mental and emotional health and I think that there's a lot of ties to even you know how we consume social media and the way that we view ourselves and how we allow things to, you know, how we allow our, our minds to wander in maybe ways that are destructive. And, you know, if you think about it too, you have this voice in your head at all times that's speaking, speaking to you and it's your own conscious. It's your own, it's your own, it's your own thing, but it's speaking to you and it's telling you things about your life. It's analyzing things. It's doing all of these things. But I think that sometimes too, just, recognizing that all of these things well yes they're important it's also okay to like kind of let those things be a little bit like of the background noise of your life and being like no I truly know that what I'm doing right now is good for me and I think that this kind of relays a little bit into like my version of like self-care because I think that a lot of times it's it's interesting because, you know, we, we form this idea of what self-care looks like in a very, again, aesthetic outward appearance look. Like, I'm going to go take this really cute bath in my bathtub with this cute bath bomb, and I'm going to put on this cute face mask, and, you know, I'm going to make it all cozy and read a cute little book, and it's going to look so good for my Instagram and all of this stuff. And it's like, yes, well, there are products that can be a part of your self-care routine. I think that for me, like the whole concept of self-care really boils down to like this thing of self-acceptance and doing the right thing for you at the right moment, even in your most basic senses. Like seriously, just when you're thirsty, you drink water. And when you're, you know, when you need to go move, you go do it. And when you're hungry, you eat like when you need to feel a little bit of, you know, maybe instead of picking at your face, you care for your face and you put on that face mask. That can be self-care. I mean, but I also think that it goes so much deeper in the understanding of who you are as a person and doing the difficult things that will change you and saying no and maybe making a meal at home because you can't afford to go out to eat and you know that that would cause you a financial stress or setting your boundaries and kind of just realizing that like this whole thing of mental health, emotional health, self-care, it's not a trend. This is you setting yourself up for your life and it's your relationship with yourself. And as much as it would just be nice to just put on the face mask and be like, and my life is good. It's dealing with the, it's dealing with the things that bother you. It's dealing with the difficult conversations that you've been putting off. It's making the appointment that you didn't want to go to. It's doing all of these things that might be, might be hard for you, but just because you truly know that they're going to make you better. It's self-discipline. I think that self-discipline is a lot of self-care. Yeah. I 
when you did that post about you were talking about that in that post, that was very powerful because I'm, I don't know. I've always been one where I know I have the answers within me, but I Mm -hmm. always need that like external external validation or Mm -hmm. someone to like tell me the answer. And then immediately I'm like, okay, I knew that. And I feel like sometimes with self-care, that's what we do. We're like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put on this face mask and I'm going to be okay. But in reality, maybe like that's not the case. Like I, I think what you're saying is true of maybe understanding why you're doing something and what you mm-hmm. really hope to get from it. Not just yeah. like covering up a bigger issue by saying, okay, I'm going to take a bath or, you know, I'm just going to go get lost in a movie or a book. Like, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's like what you said is facing, facing the hard thing that you're trying to get around. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, finding a way to comfort yourself too, I suppose. And just not like depending on those external things to care for yeah. yourself or to comfort yourself. I, I don't know, but you, you said think, it good in that caption. <laughs> well, thank you. I think, and I think that it's kind of a controversial thought to say that self-care is really self-discipline and kind of, I not, not even like being hard on yourself. Like that's not, I hope you're not hard on yourself. That's not what I'm advocating for at all. I'm saying that it's, it's kind of the whole concept of when you're, when you're caring for yourself, a lot of times you think of it as the softer side to things. Like I'm going to do all of these things, but it's like, truthfully, a lot of the times, the harder things, getting through them and doing them and setting the boundaries and saying the no's that you think that you need to do for your own mental, emotional health. It's, it's difficult because you're the only one cheering you on in a lot of these senses. Like you're the only one that's like, you know, no, I'm not going to do that because of, I don't even need to explain myself. I'm not going to do that. And you're the only one that knows that that's the right answer for you. And everybody else will tell you why it's not. And I think that that's, as long as, as long as everything that you do is done with the intention of, you know, making, making yourself into a better, even mentally more comfortable person. I think that that's all that really matters in that. Like it's cheering yourself on and just accepting that you're, you're doing what is right for you. And that's what makes you, you, and that you need to say the no, and you need to, even if it is making yourself a bubble bath and putting on that face mask, you do it, but it doesn't, it's not always going to be soft and cute. It's not. Um, And it's, and it's disciplining yourself and it's understanding that a lot of the times, the way that you're setting up your day, your life, your whatever it might be is, it can be difficult and coming back to yourself and saying, you know, I'm doing this because I know that it's right for me is the ultimate form of self-care and self-acceptance, truly. That post resonated with me because when I was starting to get into meditation, I I did not want to do that. I was like, I should be sleeping for an extra half an hour. I could be doing a million other things besides trying to meditate. But I mean, Mm -hmm. after a week, it became clear that having that self-discipline to make myself, you know, sit down every day in various times, various forms and meditate. Like maybe for someone else that's reading or it's playing with your kids or your cat. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's like maybe you don't like it at first and maybe it's hard and you have to push through it. But I mean, over time, I, you know, I did see 
the advantage and I saw the results of forcing myself to do that until it became something I looked forward to. And, and that, that was what really hit home for me because I was like, okay, that was self care. I was caring for myself. I didn't want to be, but over time I began to like it. So Exactly. Exactly. And it's, and it's not, not always making the fun and easy like trade-off or adjustment. It's just knowing that something of that sort will make the, it will make the difference for you. Like, and it does. A hundred. Yeah. And so another pose, I think this one was a while ago, but I can't remember. I just remember, I don't know, for some reason your posts always stick out in my mind. (laughs) Your personal (laughs) ones. Well, that's good. I know. I know that. Yeah. And you did one about, it was like being single. And I just remember I like latched onto that one because I've, I mean, I'm, I'm very single and I just, same girl, same. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like a lot of, like a lot of my Instagram community is, and I'm like, I don't know. I think you're all wonderful human beings. You should probably have (laughs) a nice boyfriend, but either way, like how have you come to terms with, you know, everything regarding relationships? So whether it was, you know, so I know for me personally, I'll go through waves, you know, where it's like, all I want is a relationship and you're going on Instagram and you're seeing all these cute couple photos and all this crap and it makes you feel so bad because you don't have that and then I'll go through waves where it's like I'm an independent woman I don't need any of that like I am happy by myself and then it just repeats you know and it goes back and forth so what has been your experience with this you know going through college you're out of college like what what have you done how have you dealt with it how have you come to terms with being single yeah, I've been so I'm I'm still young. I'm 22. I've been in two relationships that have lasted over 2 years each. So, um I I kind of have realized a lot about me in both of those relationships and I mean I kind of won't go into a lot of like that kind of detail because that's not what I've learned from the relationship. I mean, I think though that when like kind of what you say, like I kind of I I smile and I nod through that where you're like, you know, I see all of these cute couples doing all these cute things and you know, and I think that this is kind of a relay into a lot of everything that happens in life is you get you get this visual about all of the good parts of something that is so beautiful and so fun. And, you know, and even, I mean, this is literally going back to kind of to the Instagram highlight reel, you see all of these just, Oh, this is so fun and so cute. And it's like, yeah, but it's also like a lot of hard work going into these relationships to make them strong. And I love, I love nothing more than seeing two people investing in each other and making each other better and committing to each other and like going through that and choosing to be together, like, I think that's the coolest thing, and so, like, this is not me being, like, let me take a, take a hit at relationships, no, I, I love relationships, kind of going back to that, but, like, I think that over time, so I've been single now for two years, um, I, in this two-year period, time period, I, I just don't think I was very open to dating at all, I, in this time period, I had transferred schools, So I was a new girl at a school and through this time I didn't go on any dates and I, I kind of, it was kind of funny because I remember asking my roommate at one point, I was saying something along the lines of like, maybe, maybe I'm just not dateable. Like maybe nobody wants to take me on a date. Like why is that? And I remember her distinctly telling me like, Kennedy, it's because you're so happy at the moment with the way that you're living your life that you kind of don't even give people the opportunity to walk through 
the door literally and like invite themselves into your life because at the time when I had transferred schools I was very much like okay this is time this is the the two years because I transferred um after my sophomore year this is the two years that I will truly get to start over in a sense from my other college and I will get to come back to me and I will get to take this time and, you know, do my, do my thing literally. Cause like I, I had been in a two year relationship, which was a great relationship again. And I think though that like, you know, after two years and being so young, you're like, okay, like I actually have a lot of life I still have to live. And so I think I came back to that and when I did this school transfer, I just remember truly being like, you know what, I think that I will spend a lot of my time here waiting for other people to say, take me out on this date that I would want to go to this certain place or waiting for people to go to this fun activity with me or waiting for a guy to ask me on a date because it would just be fun and entertaining. Or I can just decide that I just want to be fun and entertaining on my own. Like, how cool would that be if I just decided that, you know, I'm going to tell people instead, I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to go to lunch at this place if you would like to come. I'm not even saying, like, I'm saying in a very platonic sense even, like, you know, just people in relationships. Because, I mean, there are the platonic relationships that you try to maintain throughout your life as well. You know, and instead of being hard on it and putting strain on the relationship saying, like, hey, like, let's go to lunch, let's make a plan. Kind of make your own plans and then see who wants to come along with you for the ride. Because, like, I found myself in the beginning of school being so disappointed because I would try to get groups of people to do things that I really, really wanted to do. And I mean, mind you, sometimes my fun ideas are not what other people's fun ideas are. And I want to go to this vegan cafe that literally none of my friends want to eat at. And that's okay. I mean, but I'll go to their things too. Like I'm not like that person. It's like, no, I won't go anyway. <laughs> so I, I kind of think that, you know, for me then I was like, Hey, there's this really cool thing that I want to go. There's this new, you know, cafe opening. I really want to go. Um, I'm going at this time, feel free to come along. And I kind of put it out there like that. And I started to realize that when I stopped putting like the emphasis on other people to make things happen in my life and to make it like exciting and fun for me, that I kind of started just being like, hey, it's a bonus if you come and you hang out with me today, but it's not a requirement. Like I'm gonna go anyway, like this is my plan. And I think that that's such like something that I learned a lot just being single. Because when you're in a relationship, you really value this other person as the person that comes with you to do whatever you need to do and that will go to this new cafe and try it out for you. And you have this built-in like dinner date at all times. And, you know, you have somebody else that's, that, that is with you throughout these, these things in life and throughout the ups and the downs. But I think that like being single truly like has taught me not to sound super cliche, but just like how to love myself in a new and different way away from other people telling me my validation. It's giving myself that validation. It's allowing me to do these things for me. It's allowing me to use my voice and use my, you know, my own schedule, my own time and being like, you know, like I'm going to be doing this. And it's truly, I think the recognition of the fact that you're, you are your longest relationship. And so until you truly learn to come to terms with the things that are the good, the bad, the in between all of it, like you can't invite somebody else into it. And so I think the time that I transferred schools, I just was so not interested 
in even inviting somebody into my life to make it into something else. I think that it was me truly just being like, this is my time where I get to decide what I actually truly like, what makes me tick, how I would spend a free Sunday, like, you know, what I would do if I, you know, when, when I can just have all this time to myself, like what, what do I, what truly makes me tick? Like, and I think that it, it just, it made me realize that I, I don't need to wait for somebody else to live a full life. And I don't need to wait for somebody else to tell me that I look good in this outfit, or I don't need to wait for somebody to do something special for myself or even, and I think that, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say to you, like, I do, I, I do a lot to care for myself, but I would hope that I do equally as much to care for the people around me. So even then, you know, it's also acknowledging that, you know, the people in your life take on such different forms, I think, when you are single, because you truly do care to keep those relationships very healthy. And I think that it's taught me a lot about all of those things, not only just about who I am as a person, but how I relate to other people and how I can make them feel valued and make them feel special. And, you know, I feel very lucky that I've had these two years plus until who knows when that I get to just truly stay and be comfortable in my skin, in who I am and discovering the things that make you tick. Because like in reality, I would hope that the next guy that I meet that I can be like, Hey, like I'm interested. I hope that I'm equally as interesting to them. Whereas, you know, I feel like sometimes you just conform and you just let it be like, Oh, I'm, I'm good with anything. But no, like, I feel like I truly now know, like, what I like to do and like what actually truly makes me the happiest version of myself and how I, how I can validate myself and how I show up for myself first. That's truly what it's taught me is how to show up for me first and then also show up for the people that I value in my life and making sure that I'm being honest and open and, you know, understanding. And I think that, that being single has taught me a lot of just about, self-care who I am as a person but also just you know the fact that I don't need to wait on anybody to live a very full and exciting life right now you said it perfectly (laughs) and what I was thinking as you were talking is how when we're younger we have those really close friendships where we we do all the things with it's like hey do you want to go here let's do this let's do that and I mean you know it's like constant you have these people around you and then you start to grow up and mm-hmm. you either separate from those people or they get involved in a relationship. And, you know, I'm, I'm very single in my friend group in mm-hmm. like my real life community. And so it's like, I don't have anyone that I could just say, mm-hmm. Hey, let's go do this because they're all like tied yep. down in a sense, you know? And I know, plenty of people who are in relationships and who are still great at going out, you know, and supporting mm-hmm. those friends. But I think, mm-hmm. I think that is a big struggle too. And it's like you said, is finding ways to just be with yourself. We're so uncomfortable with being with ourselves that we, we always have to have like someone around us, something to do. And I think that's why honestly too, like I love travel so much is because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm off to California and San Francisco and New York city and a lot of the times I am by myself for a majority of the time and that's scary. And it's like, sometimes you don't want to like think any longer. You just want to have a conversation with someone at a table, but yep. at the same time it pushes you. Like you have to talk with strangers. You have to make yes. friends. And I think that is so, so important for life and for 
personal development. So I, I feel that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're exactly right. It's kind of taking away the buffer almost in, in the fact that, you know, why is it weird that I would go and eat somewhere by myself? Like, why, why is that strange? When did that become weird? Like, I, I think that that's like, it's, it should be pretty normal. And I think that, you know, also just allowing, allowing yourself to be happy when you're by yourself and allowing yourself to be equally as happy when somebody decides to tag along with you. It's the open invitation and also the, the idea that like, you know, even like you said, like when you're traveling, like in you're alone, like it's kind of, it's kind of funny because you truly have the freeing moment where you're like, wait, what do I actually want to do? Like, I don't care what anybody else wants to do. What do I want to do? Like, wait, this is kind of cool. But also like you end up having the most interesting days because you (laughs) fight with your own mind the whole time about what you truly want to do with that day. And, you know, so, but it's also, I found too that like, it's nice to kind of go into something by yourself. Like, I don't know what it might be for each person and just allow yourself to form your own opinion. That's something that's super cool and kind of underrated is the fact that when you're alone, you go and you eat a meal and you don't need to explain to anybody else what you thought of it. You're like, hmm, that was really good. And that's just the way that your experience is. And it's kind of cool to be able to like keep that experience and keep it to yourself. Or like, even if you share it with somebody that like, you know, you truly love and have a good relationship with, I think that's also a really cool and beautiful thing to be able to like share experiences because I'm not saying that all experiences need to be had, like need to be had alone. I think experiences are so cool had with other people and shared. And there's nothing, there's not a lot of things that are better in life than like truly sharing an experience with the people that you love. But it's also good to do, to make sure that, you know, you love yourself too. Yeah. And it's like what you said about the opinion thing. I really like that because it's the idea of, you know, when I was in New York city a couple of weeks ago, I didn't have to explain to anybody why we were eating vegan ice cream for lunch two days in a row, like, and then for dessert after dinner, like, I didn't have to explain that to anybody. I mean, I don't don't know. Yeah, it's, it's freeing to just, you know, it's like, why are we walking this much when it's this hot? Well, because I want like, it's, it's truly freedom of just doing like whatever you want and not having to explain it. And that is, it's, it's fun to see where your mind will take you. Like, yeah, I didn't realize I wanted that much ice cream, but obviously I did <laughs> because obviously you never I couldn't no. stop thinking about it. Yeah. And so I, I ate it four times. Like it's, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. Like you said, it, it really mm-hmm. lets you tune into yourself, but mm-hmm. it's in a different, it's definitely in a different way, but I, I agree. I mean, there's no issue with eating ice cream and nobody <laughs> should ever stop you from that. Like, trust me, <laughs> nobody will ever stop me from that one. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. No, that will never happen here either. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, I could talk with you all day. And Thank we'll you. have to do a round two. We'll do a... I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> the time will come. The time will come. But where can people find you if they want to see your amazing pancakes? <laughs> I mean, all your, you you make more than pancakes and it all looks good. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All your food looks good. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram um, at the healthy half. Half is spelled H-A-F-F. It's my last name kind of abbreviated, a little bit funny, but you can find me there. I share a little bit of everything. And actually a lot of what we talked about today, I've 
shared about and will continue to share about and there will always be pancake so definitely find me there come hang out with me there <laughs> so much good in this episode am i right or am i right kennedy just really blew me away and i just never know what to expect from the guest you know whether they'll be very chatty or very quiet or they need to be prompted for questions and she just stole the show i mean i would say my question and she took it and ran with it and she did amazing as i said she needs to do captions for all these topics because wow i mean i i felt blown away just listening <laughs> and listen to this like two or three times between editing and when it's released so i highly suggest you do the same and if you liked it as usual you can go on instagram and tag us she is at the healthy half and i am at thrive underscore on life you can always leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and that will make me love you a hundred times more. No, I'm joking. Honestly, I just appreciate rate and reviews because I put a lot of work into this podcast, and when I'm trying to reach out to brands or future guests, sometimes they do care about that type of thing because it shows them that my audience cares. A podcast with reviews means that the audience really loves it because nobody wants to take the time to go write a review. So if you really like the show, then that's why I always badger you guys to do that because it shows me and it shows others that this show matters and that this show is reaching you and affecting you in some way, even if it just makes you laugh or, you know, maybe you just want to leave a review that of who you want to see on. Like, that helps too. So either way, just... I hope you liked this episode. I hope I wasn't too enthusiastic in that intro. I know it was kind of a ramble ramble, but I will see you next week. <laughs> Bye.